Hey, John Lim here. We're moving forward with episode 295. If you've been following the podcast recently, last week on episode 294, I kicked off a new mini-series. This is one of the few mini-series I'm going to be doing, a series of episodes tied around one theme, and we are working on creating an audiobook. So last week, I talked about basic considerations to think of when it comes to whether or not you want to be a voiceover or do an audiobook as the voiceover talent. Uh, I will also refer you back to episode 291, where I have a conversation with uh, my good friend Angelo Spinillo. He's the author of the book, I Am a Professional Metalhead. I was the voiceover artist for his audiobook, and we had a great conversation about the process. So today... I want to expand a little bit on working with an author, and I talked a little bit about the early part of the story last week, so I want to fill in a little bit more of that story to give you some context. So if you recall from episode 294, uh, Angelo and I got into this discussion. I initially had pitched to him that or encouraged him to do the audiobook himself because when I read his book, I heard his voice doing it, and I thought he had the talent. And, you know, he's done speeches, he's done videos for uh, different companies that we've worked for, and he's also a musician, so he's got the performance ability uh, on stage, and I thought that that would translate pretty easily. For a variety of reasons, he decided he was not the best um, one to do the voiceover for his own book, and that is actually a pretty common thing. You will find that just because you write a book you're not necessarily going to be the best suited one to do the voiceover. Or you may not feel, if you have the complete creative control, that um, you are the best voice to do the audiobook. And that's common. If you are traditionally published, oftentimes, just because you're the author of the book doesn't necessarily mean that you will automatically get to do the audiobook. Uh, a lot of publishers will require an audition process. So I talked a little bit about that last week uh, with my friend uh, Alyssa Carpenter, who uh, also wrote a book, and which was traditionally published. Angela went with the self-published route. And so... Let's talk a little bit about how I ended up being the voiceover talent. I uh, was at Panera, uh, which is one of my go-to spots, uh, having a morning coffee. This was back in February. Uh, it might have been end of January, early toward getting towards February. And and I was thinking more about the audiobook because I, I, I really enjoyed reading Angelo's book. It was a great accomplishment. It was doing very well. And I thought, you know what? You should do an audiobook for it. And then we got into this conversation, or rather, I got an idea, maybe I could do the voiceover talent for it. Uh, I host a podcast, I've done uh, voiceover work, a little bit of voiceover work, but I also had training as an actor, and I've done on-camera acting. So I thought, this might be a kind of a fun project to cut my teeth on. So I was pitching myself as, hey, Angelo, I've not, I've never done an audiobook, but I think I can do this. I would love to work with you, and maybe if you're interested, have me be the voice for your book. Now, Angelo and I have very different voices, and if you listen to the uh, interview with him on 291, in, in fact, one of the things that Angelo jokes about was that uh, I don't have the Jersey accent, so he's from New Jersey, and New Jersey is a big part of the book, and so we have very different voices. However, the the point of this book 
was to express a story. It was Angelo's story. And I felt that even though I didn't, I don't sound like Angelo, even though I don't have a New Jersey accent, even though I don't know very much about heavy metal, that's another thing. I don't really know a lot about heavy metal and reading his book was really a primer for me. I really wanted to give this a try. I thought I could uh, bring my experience, my skills and talents to bring the book to an audio version for a uh, uh, an audio content-driven audience. And so we got into a couple conversations. It started out with me, uh, I think I mentioned this last week, I came home, I took my voice notes app uh, on my phone, recorded just a couple of passages from his book, sent it to him. And now this was not the uh, tool that I would be using for the audiobook. We're going to talk about the technical in a future episode. But Angelo reviewed it. He liked uh, he liked it overall. He had some specific feedback about things that he would want to see. And that's pretty key when you're working with an author. And that's what today's episode is going to be about, working with an author. So Angelo and I got into this conversation, and the more we got into this conversation, the more formal it became towards an actual agreement. And so that's one thing that I want to talk about. Let's talk about how do you actually get your first experience as voiceover talent for an audiobook. Well, my experience or my route is pretty unusual. I, I have a friend who wrote a book, and he it, it just was the perfect timing and circumstances so that I could... Uh, basically do an informal pitch, and Angelo and I have known each other for, for many years. And so that just started into a conversation, which then evolved into an actual formal agreement, uh, where I was basically the, uh, the, the voiceover talent, and uh, Angelo was really the, the one who's the employer or the contractor. So contractor, it was more of a contractor relationship. But if you want to hire yourself out as voiceover talent, uh, obviously one place you can go is Audible, audible.com, which is the biggest publisher of audiobooks. Uh, it's owned by Amazon. It's where a lot of audiobooks end up being published. Uh, Audible actually has a section where you can hire yourself out as voiceover talent. Now, I won't go into specifics because I haven't really looked at that yet. It's something I may do in the future, but there's a whole page where you can find out you know, what's involved with that. And so basically Audible would act as sort of the medium for you to be uh, listing yourself or promoting yourself as voiceover talent and where authors can, um, you know, see the pool of talent and if they're interested, hire you. The other places you can go, places like Upwork or Fiverr, those are places where if you're a freelancer, you can put your services out there. So if you're interested in hiring yourself out as voiceover talent, you could list yourself there. Now, I will say, as I talked about last week, if you are new to doing voiceover or audiobook narration, really what you want to do is you want to make sure that you're comfortable with this, that you know for a fact that this is something that you can do, which is why I recommend listen to 294 where I talk about testing the waters. Um, If you haven't had any experience as an audiobook narrator, you may not get a lot of bites if you if you put yourself out on one of those sites. You might, and I think a lot of it will depend on what your audio sample will be like. So I know a lot of these will probably require an audio sample. Again, I haven't looked specifically at what you can put on these sites for um, specifically to hire yourself as a voiceover talent. But I would imagine that that's probably one of the key ones is having some sort of sample. So if you are a first-time audiobook uh, uh, artist, 
you're going to want to make sure that you have a really good sample. And I talked about uh, reciting copy last week, and that exercise is one that you could use to create an audition tape, so to speak, or an audition demo. Uh, I would recommend, you know, look for something that's maybe out of copyright, um, you know, just for safety. So there are a lot of poems or plays or works that are very old that are no longer in copyright, just so that you have the flexibility to use um, that work if you want to basically create a sample. My experience was to work directly with an author, so I'm going to talk mostly about that, and what I'm going to talk about is sort of the ideal workflow. Now, some of this will already be taken care of if you're going through a third-party service like Audible, Upwork, or Fiverr, such as the contract, or the terms, or the payment, that sort of thing, so I recommend look at those. I'll have some of them linked in the write-up, but if you're working directly, let's say you list it on your website, or let's say you you know someone who's an author, and you get into a conversation like I did with Angelo, Uh, One of the things I think is important is to actually have an agreement. And even though Angelo and I are friends and we've been friends for over two decades, we will continue to be friends, uh, you know, for the rest of our lives. Uh, Both of us being lawyers and both of us uh, being experienced in business, uh, we decided that it was best to have some sort of formal agreement. So the the agreement will just set out the terms and the conditions and the expectations. Always a good idea to do this. So I, I recommend, you know, some basic things. I'm not going to go into the specifics of the agreement that Angelo and I had because that's confidential. But I will talk generally about some considerations. Uh, one might be uh, pay terms. Uh, is this going to be a work for hire? Are you doing this uh, just to cut your teeth and, and get some experience? I do recommend if you're a voiceover artist, do 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 negotiate some sort of compensation because doing an audiobook is a lot of work. It's a lot of time investment. You may have to offer a significant discount as a first-time artist. Uh, I'd recommend do some research, see what the market rate is, the average market rate for voiceover talent is. A lot of times it's it might be per project, per book, per word, depending on the length of the book. So look at the different uh, 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 pieces of data out there on what the average price point would be. And you may have to offer a discount if you're new to this where you're a first-time uh, voiceover artist. But do negotiate some pay terms. Uh, I recommend a timeline should go in a contract. I mean, what is the uh, kind of the the agreed upon timeline? We're going to talk about that in just a minute. How do you measure that? A copyright release is going to be standard, and that's usually upon completion of the work because the author is the copyright holder of the book. But the voiceover talent is creating a different version of that work, uh, what they call a derivative work. You're going to want to make sure that that is spelled out, that at the end of the, um, the term, once the audiobook is complete, that the author gets the copyright to the audio files, which will include your voice. And again, that's why it's important to work out the right compensation. There are certain other things like choice of law provisions. Um, You know, what happens if one of the parties decides to uh, breach or renege on the contract? Or is there a cancellation? What to do in case of, uh, let's say, there's a dispute between the parties? I know these are not fun things to think about, especially if you are working with a friend, maybe someone that you know personally who's writing a book. But I think it's important to spell those things out. 
So make sure that you have a contract. Uh, I'm not going to go into the specifics of the contract. You can, uh, if you need to, it's possible you might have to hire a lawyer or you might be able to find a a lot of the uh, legal forms that are out there. Do some research. You should be able to find uh, uh, sample agreements or you may have to hire a local attorney and you may have to spend a couple of bucks but what's nice is that uh, oftentimes you can just kind of have them create a, a standard agreement that you'll use for every single uh, uh, audiobook that you do if you plan on doing more than one. If you're going through a third party like Audible, Upwork, or Fiverr, oftentimes you can you are under the provisions of that service. So do take a look at the terms and conditions there. So a lot of times that's that, that might be baked in as part of the basics of the work hire or work contract. Um, do negotiate, do talk about what kind of process you will have for working with the author. Now, depending on the author, depending on what kind of relationship you have with the author, whether or not you know them well, whether or not you have some sort of trust, and of course, time, I find that if possible, have the author involved as much as possible during the creation of the audiobook. You're going to be spending a lot of time recording audio files. You're going to be interpreting passages and pages and chapters from the book. However, at the end of the day, this is an author's work that you are translating for them, that you are interpreting from them. It's up to the author to make sure that he or she is happy with that interpretation. So to ensure that, one of the things that Angelo and I did was to make sure that we had a review process. And for feedback, what I what we did was we we had a shared cloud drive on OneDrive. I would record the audio files, upload them into a review folder. Angelo would listen, and then he would give specific feedback. We talk about this on episode 291. So in the beginning, it was just basically an email or a document with basically, uh, here's a, a spot, a time spot. He would give time signatures, and here's a word or phrase or sentence that maybe we need to redo, or maybe there was some sound that ended, external sound that needed to be edited out, that sort of thing. In the beginning, that's what we did, but at, quickly I discovered that it oftentimes I would have to refer back to the book. So I recommend if they if you are doing a similar review process, have the author as much as possible provide the details, both the location and the sound file where something might need to be updated, as well as a page reference in the book. Speaking of the book, make sure that you get from the author a workable copy. Now, I have the paperback version, but that's not really practical for a voiceover unless I want to rip out all the pages, and I didn't really want to do that. So one of two ways that you can do this is that You can have the author send you basically a printout of the book where you have the individual pages, and I've seen voiceover artists will tack them on their wall or use some sort of clip stand where they have it right next to their recording equipment where they can recite the book. My version, what I did was I asked Angelo for an e-copy, a PDF copy, and that way I could open it up directly on my computer and have the recording software right next to it so I would be able to narrate and also allowed me to highlight, add notes, and do quick searches for specific words and phrases. So make sure you do get that workable copy. Uh, Just uh, for perspective, we started this in February. 
Uh, we were scheduled to fin- finish around now. Uh, this would have been the time that we would have finished under normal circumstances, but because of the pandemic, I was able to work a lot faster, a lot more time on this, and we ended up finishing, and the book came out early on May 13th. So let's talk about time. How do you figure out time? That's going to be a tricky one. A lot of that will depend on two things. Number one, your schedule uh, and and the author schedule if you're working closely together for the review process. And number two, you know, it's also going to depend on on your work rate. Now, how do you determine how much time you can spend on the book and how long it will take you to record a section? I recommend, and I talked about this last week, make sure you read the book first. And then secondly, I recommend do a test recording of a full chapter because Books are going to be different lengths. They're going to be different chapter lengths. Uh, Angelo's uh, book was pretty consistent, and, and it's uh, it's it's an average length book, and the chapters are are not terribly long. So I was able to give him a, a guesstimate, a really good guesstimate of say one to two chapters a week, broken up over several weeks or several months. Of course, as I mentioned during because of the pandemic. Uh, I was at home a lot more. I was able to work ahead and finish early. But do get a sense of that based on maybe an average chapter or an average section so that you can really come up with a good timeline. All right, that's it for today. Next week and over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be diving into the technical requirements as well as some best practices for doing a voiceover and narration that's expressive, that's clear, that's articulate, and that also interprets the author's vision for what's in the book. You can get the write-up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com. I'll be back next week. Have a great week.